Aloha mai kako, everyone. Welcome to the Moana Nui podcast. Tonight's episode, we are discussing um, indigenous people versus capitalism. Should Lahaina be reopened to tourism? Um, and I really wanted to do this particular episode tonight because we are closely coming up on the two month mark from when the fires hit the island of Maui and more specifically the town of Lahaina and as as with a lot of catastrophes and things that impact our indigenous communities these issues only see national media for a little while and then they go away and then of course outside of out, out of sight out of mind and people go on with their lives and we think that everything's okay. Or maybe we don't, but we just, it's not at the forefront. So here on the Monday podcast, it is our kuleana to look out for our, our Kanaka community, regardless of where we are. And of course, this is still an issue and a topic that is very deeply felt for Ohana. So first, number one, to our Maui Ohana and our community there, we love you guys. We, you are in our thoughts all the time. And if there's ways that we can help you, please reach out to us here on the podcast. And if you would like to even give your own voice and come on the show, like some, and I know most people in Hawaii style, they don't like, but if, even if you want to just send us a note and like, let us know how you're doing, how we can contact you and like reach out and just check on you or even talk about your your mana'o on your behalf, you're like, we don't have to credit you or anything or associate it with you so you can stay anonymous if you like. But just wanted to put that kahea out that if you or if you know anybody who could use another platform to kind of just raise the issues, please reach out to us because we are here for you guys and let us be your sounding board for, for you and your ohana. So, yeah, so with that said, in case you're not tracking, we're here at the two-month mark. As of Sunday, October 8th, Governor Green, city of whatever, County of Maui, is reopening tourism in Lahaina. And so if you're not familiar with how this works, you might be like, okay, yeah, so what? Well, the so what is that there's thousands of families that are displaced. And in the two months since it all happened, they have been placed. Some of them have been placed, some of a lot of them still not placed, but they're in the hotels and the, the Airbnbs and the condominiums that are in that area. So if they bring tourism back, guess what? All these families are getting displaced again. They have not healed. There are mental health issues. There are suicide issues. There's a whole ton of really difficult issues that our community is still trying to work through. Forget like trying to entertain and cater to tourists this is not the place for it it's especially not Lahaina the rest of the island is open please go over there and support our economy over there but anyway so I'm gonna start stop get off my soapbox because I have a wonderful team here and I just thought it'd be good for all of us here Wananui family and some of our extended Ohana um, supporting Huakamana to come on and just talk story talk about the realness and really get some testimonies from people who have actually been on the ground helping and helping you all to understand like how you can still help because we still need the help. If you look on your screen, check below. Where's my, there, there, sorry, this way right here. <laughs> if you scan the QR code, you can go to huakamana.org and that is the nonprofit organization. Native Hawaiian owned, operated, 100% aloha. There's no overhead fees. All of everything, all of the money they get donated is going to these projects to help uh, the Maui Ohana. So if you go there, please check that out. And if you can find it in, in your means to do it, great. And if not, please help us share it. Because whether it's you or someone in your network, you never know. We have, just think about the people that I, I've been able to bring some business and corporate sponsorships. So you never know until you ask. So just, it, it would be grateful for all of us to help share that. Okay, so let me bring on my sisters and my brother to join us here on the podcast. 
first, Jazzy. Jazzy is our creative director, and she's also a photographer, a mom, and a spiritualist. Always welcome to have her in our Ohana on our show. She just brings a great perspective to our team. So mahalo, Jazzy, for joining us. Tita Pawahi, you guys have seen her if you have watched our show before. She has been on a number of panels for us, but she's out there working on her PhD, really digging into some of the tough issues for Kanaka and the diaspora, the mental health effects, and so much more. She's over there living in Canada, and we're so proud and excited for all that she's doing. And then last, but certainly not least, Brother Aaron Kaho'one, who is our Ohana in Arizona, and he is part of our Malama Maui team, helping with Hoakamana. So I'm really excited to talk to start with you guys. We This is something that we in our community are talking a lot about, but to share your perspectives with others who don't understand um, our community as much, or maybe have not been tracking the issues and what's going on. So welcome everybody. Um, let's see, who wants to go first? Let's see. First of all, you know what, let's just go with the basics, right? Like, okay, so we're talking about reopening Longino on Sunday. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> Whoever wants to, to talk about it first. I'll chime in first. Okay. So I feel, one, that reopening something so soon when so many are still struggling. I know that the mainstream media doesn't showcase what's current, what's really going on. If it wasn't for the local platforms that are on social media, whether it's through Facebook, Instagram, um, those are the platforms that I have. But it's through TikTok. I mean, I still on the daily basis have people sending me videos from TikTok, from Instagram, Facebook, YouTube videos. I mean, it's daily. People are just like, Jazzy, have you seen this? Jazzy, have you seen that? Do you know about this? And then working with Hawakamana, we hear, we have personal testimony for those who are literally living right down the road in the next town and actively helping, actively there to malama those families. And when so many people who do live here on the continent or live in other countries reach out to me and they're just like, is this true? Yes. So hearing that they're trying to open it just a little over like the day of two months it's like but why and I actually shared a post on my own Facebook and Instagram today where it said nobody really cares until it's you and I've always been raised it's my Kanaka roots it's it's been embedded in me so deeply that you need to love others and care for others the way that you would like to be cared for. Treat others the way you want to be treated. And there's no way. Two months, two months for most people, okay, that's eight weeks. But for them, it feels like years when it comes to how much they're suffering. And at the same time, it feels like an hour when it comes to what's next. Because they're not, yeah, they want a house. They want to get all their things back. But I believe right now that their daily struggle and their daily what's next is what do, when do I get to eat next? Am I going to get a, am I going to be able to get water? Am I going to be able to get help? Is today the day that I get to not sleep on this cot? Is today the day that this place that's been sheltering me going to tell me to go? Like they're li literally living in constant PTSD. And it's, it's just going and going and going. And when you have that heightened panic of all the time, it just drains the body and the soul too. I mean, I wish I could go home and get my feet there and be with everybody at the same time. It's my, my heart really does go out to them because locally here, there's tornadoes and I've seen the families, I've seen people and yeah, that's not something that just goes away in two months. So I feel, I understand the economy. I understand the logistics, the politics, all the mundane, but I feel like where's the people in that? That's where I stand. And the last time we did a podcast about tourism and I was very compassionate of being neutral. Like I saw this side and I saw this side, but with this topic, I'm very just 
the people come first. The people have to come first. And I know Paula, he has something that could roll right off of it. So I'm going to hand it to her. Mahalo, Jazzy. Yeah, I kind of thought about how I would frame the question, should Lahaina be open to tourism? And I think there's a lot of discourse in that, right? Because you see community members who are saying, yes, come to Maui, just don't come to Lahaina. And then you're having people say, yes, come to Lahaina, right? So there's just a lot of discourse around like who gets to say who can open up Lahaina, right? And so like everybody here probably knows on this panel, maybe with the exception of Aaron, knows that I would say, no, don't, don't, don't open it back up. I'm also not from Maui. So genealogically, yes, but right now, like I'm not from Maui. So yeah, it just, it just kind of comes, it kind of makes me think of that discourse that comes along with the conversations like this, right? Who has the say to actually say yes, to open it back up? I think the problem that we're facing here, though, is we're seeing the same reels for everybody that has social media. It doesn't matter if it's coming from Instagram reels, if it's being on Facebook, Facebook and Instagram kind of carry over to each other. And then you have TikTok and all of these other social medias, Twitter um, or X, whatever you want to call it. But we're all seeing the same kind of like reels and we're seeing the same videos that are being played. And. I think the ones that stand out to me the most are the people who are like one uncle I saw the other day and he was like, I'm paying my mortgage and I'm paying rent for this place that I'm renting. But now I got to leave this place that I'm renting because of A, B, C and D. So like, where am I supposed to go with all of my ohana? And, and I think I think the the problem is when we speak from an ohana perspective now, it's not just two, three, four people right? It's 15, 16, 17 people in one house. And I think people don't understand or can even conceptualize that, right? Until, like you said, if, you, if you've never been in the situation before, then you don't know, right? Or if you've never been part of these kinds of efforts, then you don't know. And I don't think, I can't say for sure, but I imagine on the continent, maybe one community or two communities can think about what it would be like to live with 16 or 17 family members in one house. But for the most part, most people don't have to do that. So just kind of thinking about all of that, I always have to brush on the fact that though there's this narrative, right? This colonial narrative that is always pushed that Hawaii needs tourism for economic stability. Perhaps this is true for today, for the most part, but is not historically true, right? And I think that's where people fail to realize we come, like we, we can sit here and say we come from voyagers. We come from people who grow their own food. We come from a community who like, we knew what the water did. We knew how to plant. We knew what plants could, or we could eat and which ones we could not. We knew our water system. Like we knew all of these things. So it wasn't until the sugarcane plantation and all these kind of guys, these developers came that people started to get that narrative and that framework that was changed. The plantation eras and like, yes, we need to commodify Hawaii or we need to sell this or we need to sell that or trade or whatever, whatever. And so it was when these institutions came in and these colonial structures and then Americanization. Right. So like with all of this happening, then people are like, oh, yeah, we need we need tourism for economic stability when that is not necessarily always the true case. I think it it has become a true case. But do I think if we let's just say all the technology died tomorrow, do I think our people would be sustainable? Do I think that our people would know what to do? Absolutely. Do I think fish ponds and salt ponds and all these kind of things can be grown again? Yes, I absolutely believe it could happen. And so I think that we should stop and kind of think about the narratives that are being pushed, even within our own community, right? Even from Kanaka, who are like, oh, yeah, no, we need this. We know 
because I get it all the time. People tell me all the time, like, I'll put something up, which is why I don't post very much anymore, but I'll put something up and I'll get a DM. Oh, we need this. We need that. But for somebody who studies this stuff, like, it's, it's, there's like this false dichotomy that is driven for people to believe this narrative that isn't necessarily true. So, yeah, I mean, I just think when we think about, like, should Lahaina be open to tourists, capitalism, and then indigenous people in general, I think it goes back to what you were saying, Jazzy. It has to be people over profit. Because at the end of the day, like you said, there's PTSD, but there's so much more than that. Because at the end of the day, the only people who are suffering capitalistically, you know, capitalism and economically, or people are still in shock. They haven't even reached PTSD yet because they're still in shock, right? So imagine having to just keep going and keep going and not realizing how your body is embodying all of this this stuff that's going on, right? You don't even have time to sit there and think about it because you have this insurance company or this bill collector. Like you don't even, you don't even know what's going on half the time. So I think at the end of the day, that's what, really matters is that the only people who are being really affected by this are the people who have been affected by this, right? And so even for us on the continent or in the uh, Turtle Island, just like the whole, like we can't even conceptualize it until we get there. And so that doesn't mean we don't have the feelings. It doesn't mean that their pain isn't our pain because we can see through the screen. We can watch the stuff. It, it's heartbreaking. Like, that's our, that's our people. And yeah, they're going through shock and stuff like that. We're going through the same kind of things that they're going through because of this general, generational kind of thing that we have going on. It's embedded in our body, right? And so being products and victims of this colonial production is something that we're always going to have to push through. But at some point, somebody has to say, what about the people? It has to be people over profit every single time. Because right now, the people that are suffering are the people who lost everything. And they will continue to suffer until somebody can do something for them. But yeah, you can get all the materialistic things back that you want. But it's not, it's not like what you remember. You want your house back. You want those feelings back. You want those memories back. You don't have pictures. And I mean, I could talk about it all day, but no, I don't think that they should reopen Lahaina. But again, it's not for me to say. I'm not from Lahaina. So if Lahaina wants to open back up, then yes. But I think it's always good to understand that there's always going to be a discourse. So while one Kanaka may say no and one Kanaka may, may say yes, nobody's wrong, right? Both people should be uplifted in however they feel. So I know Aaron's been on the ground and Mike can add some more to what I was saying, um, but mahalo. Yeah, before Aaron jumps in, I just want to add some context to what Pravahi just, in terms of like the, the voices of Lahaina. There was a petition that went around of, of the Lahaina community, and there was 14,000 people who signed that petition out of Lahaina community. So I think that the message is clear about their view on this even in the community meetings right like i can't remember the guy's name i see his face again currently yeah but he was essentially saying like the question he had asked was like oh let, let me let me ask like how many people have been talked to about whether or not they want to reopen la henna i don't even have to turn around i know how much hand get behind there nothing and so and so he's like but let me ask though like how many people want to Stop reopening Lahaina on October 8th. And I swear, almost every hand in that room went up. So doesn't take a genius. But again, like if you're not focused in on these issues, you're not seeing this. And it's very easy to believe that other narrative of tourism and all of that stuff. But yeah, so I want to pass to Aaron because Aaron was actually on the ground doing the work in Honokawai, which is one of the, the big hubs. Um, and he shared some of his stories with us in our weekly meeting earlier this week. And I think it adds very valuable context to like, understand what is going on. And like, when you do help, like the help that we are giving, 
how it's being received by the community. So mahalo, Aaron, for coming on and, and being that voice to amplify our Maui um, ohana. Oh, no, ma- mahalo for you guys having me on here. Yeah, so I went to, obviously I was just like everybody else when this went down now, because I'm a firefighter, so I like to be like in the in the middle of everything. So when this whole thing went down, I was I was like everybody else. I was trying to find a way to get over there to help and do what I can do. But I did see also that there was a lot of help and a lot of confusion going on. And sometimes, at least in firefighting, I understand that like sometimes too much help can be a bad thing. Yeah, it can cause a lot of confusion. And because so much was going on, I thought it'd be best for me to wait, especially since I was not from there and I wasn't invited. Yeah. Uh, so I did reach out to some people, but some leaders out there, but they were just too busy to respond probably because I'm sure I'm, I wasn't the only one trying to figure out like if they needed help and if they wanted the kind of help that I could pr- provide. So I kind of just waited, so I uh, watched social media, like how, what was going on, watched the news. Uh, the news didn't seem to line up with, with what was actually going up on the, on the ground. And I never really re- realized that completely until I got there, but it's real. Like, like the devastation there is completely real. The emotions there is completely real with the people. And so I chose to kind of wait, like I said, kind of for like the second wave. So I know like when things happen, a lot of people show up and then as time goes on, help stops coming in. That's, I just understand that from the kind of work that I do. So as soon as I seen that people was starting to, cause people was getting tired now, the people from all, from outer islands, from the help that they was getting, there was, and, and especially in the beginning, cause a lot of things was unorganized, yeah. Cause people was thought they was going to get help from the state, from national guard and the help never come. Yeah. The guys was, at least what I was told was nobody came in for almost a week or at least a week, no help. So I hooked up with uncle John Kinyamaka. So he's a po'o down at Pu'uhonoa uh, And he said, he told me that he just set up like, he didn't have any plan. He thought that that help was coming. So he set up a tent down at Honokawai. He only had like a couple cases of water there. And he was like looking around, just hoping that help was going to come and supplies was going to come in. And he was, nothing ever came, no help ever came. And then people just started showing up with donations. And then it just kind of grew from there. And now there's tons of stuff there, but I went down there the uh, around mid September when I, when I saw there was kind of like a kahea went out for like a second wave of, of people for come help. Yeah. So I kind of go down to big Island every month. Cause I Kuleana some land that we have up there as a family that we want to eventually move back to. So while I was there, I was like, oh, I'm going to stop by. I, I pretty much went there, got all the work I needed done in the day. And then boom, I went straight to Maui. Oh. I went over to the hubs over there. I kind of, cause I didn't know, uh, where I was going to go yet. So I, I kind of just went to the area. I went to maybe like four different hubs. One was in Kaanapali. One was up kind of Lahaina Luna up underneath the high school. I saw the Honokawai one. And then I think there was one in Napili. And then I, I ended up just walking to the Honokawai one and started talking to someone over there. And then I, that's when I met John, uncle John Kinimaka. And then I just started helping the, like just started helping that day and I can tell like the grieving is, is, is like in the, in the thick of it right now. Cause I think it was the day we were on that meeting when I was trying to listen in on the meeting, I had one of my headphones and I couldn't even like, he was literally going through his whole story for like almost two hours straight. And, and I, I think that's part of their. They're grieving is to talk about it. Yeah. Cause it's not just him. It was like, I heard all kind of people, people that were driving through a lot of conversations going on. Not, I didn't once hear a conversation that anyone was ready for, for tourism to come back. Not it, not one. So he went through his whole story and it was, it was, I mean, it was real as it could get. I mean, I don't want to say any details, but he saw a lot of stuff that like kids probably saw. So people are still, they're still grieving and, and. And you don't hear about the, you don't really hear about suicides that go on over there, but they've been going on for, I think the first ones I heard about was about a month ago. Yeah. So, and there's, who knows how much there's been since then. We don't see that on the news. I don't know if that's taken into account or into consideration when the, these leaders supposedly or supposed leaders make all these plans to bring things back into Lahaina or in, even in West Maui in general. 
but it's, it's not ready for that kind of stuff. And even when I was there, I saw tourists there and they're, they're all doing the same thing. They're, they have their phones up, videotaping stuff they shouldn't be videotaping. And there wasn't that much tourists there at that time. Imagine when it was fully open and there's tourists everywhere doing this kind of stuff and what kind of tensions that's going to raise for people. Cause people are already on edge there kind of mentally, and they're just not ready for, for this kind of stuff. They still need a lot of help every day from people, from donations. Um, even though things are a little bit more organized now than they were for the first couple um, weeks, it's different every day there. Like you never know how much help they're going to need in four days, in five days, in two weeks. A lot of conversations that I heard while I was unloading supplies and, and loading supplies, uh, you can hear the, the people that stopped by talking to other people around you. And a lot of the, the people that were that dis were displaced, a lot of their um, concerns were like, where am I going to be in October? Yeah, nobody had a plan for them. The state doesn't have a plan for them. They have no information coming in. Some of these people had like 11 people in one hotel room, 13 people in a hotel room. They've been to like four or five different places already. So the things that I got out of that from the people there is that there's really no trust in, in the plan for the people. It seems like they got a plan for tourism, but they don't have a plan for the people. Yeah. Like where are all these people going? How are they going to be taken care of? How is the cakey going to be taken care of? The schooling. I heard they're, they're trying to open up Lahaina Luna school soon. I, I don't know if that's true or not, but, but I heard, I heard that. And I had been up, actually went up to the school one day and it was, it was shut down, but they, I was able to go up there just with one of the people that graduated from Lahaina Luna, they let us through and it's going to be hard for, like if my child was going there and cause that thing overlooks the whole devastation area. And that's like, that's hard to look at. Yeah. If, if I'm a, if I'm a Kiki, it's just in my, my personal opinion. So I don't know if that has been talked about yet, but I didn't hear one person that is from Maui, whether they're local or Kanaka that is ready to bring things back to, to how it was with tourism not even closed. I did actually have someone I work with, I told you guys this story, but he, he had been asking me the last couple of weeks is, or actually, yeah, the last couple of weeks about, cause he had already had a, a vacation planned in Maui and it was in line, Lahaina area. And I guess this place was one of the places that didn't, that's still open. And he, he asked me if I, he asked me like four weeks ago, if he thought, if I thought he should cancel it. And I told him, oh yeah, hundred percent cancel it. Like you should not go down there right now. Apparently he tried the owner of the Airbnb said, he said, oh, I guess his, his direction was, oh no, by the time October comes, it'll be all done. And like, you, you'll be fine to travel there. So he wasn't willing to give him a refund or whatever. So he ended up, he ended up going, I think he's there right now. He, had, I told him, Hey, if you're going to go down there, that's fine. Just, just stay out of that area as much as possible. If you're staying there, if you're going to go out and do stuff do stuff around the area. I mean, around the other side of the island, central Maui or Wailea area. And then if you have time, like donate stuff, you're going to go there. At least if you can donate time or, or donate stuff to hubs, that's always a, a help if you're there. So, but as far as like people being ready there, I haven't seen any indication that anyone that's from that side of the island is interested in opening anything right now, or if they're even ready mentally. Aaron, I do want to ask you this question. I know we touched base on it. When it comes to when you donate your time and your energy and when you were there, how was the, the receiving? I know we talked about it in the meeting on Tuesday and we talked about it a little bit before we started, but I want you to, if it's okay with you, to share how just because you're there to help does not equal they're going to be like, cheering and all of that. If you're okay with sharing that experience, I think that'll be something that people need to hear. Yeah. I, I think it comes down to like, what's your intention when you go there? And that's, that's what it comes down to. When you talk about Hoakamana, it's called to strike with intention. Yeah. So what's your intention? Did you go there because it's popular to go there right now and help and be on one, put out one reel or are you going there because the people really need your help? Yeah. And I think the people down there, they, they can see through that. Like, are you someone that's going to go there and you constantly working, asking what needs to be done 
or if someone that's over there just like videotaping stuff half the time and then half helping half the time, yeah, just for um like put something out on social media. And I'm not saying that social media is a bad thing because there's a lot of good things that come with social media. Yeah, there's a lot of like kayas go out like I, 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 that's how I um chose my time to go was based off of the the um things that I saw that was going on from people on the ground there. Cause you're not seeing that on the news, the stuff that the people putting out there. But like I said, like, are you, are you, are you just there because it's popular to be there? Um, or are you there because you genuinely want to help people? Um, and I think people can see through that. If you're one of those people that is just there to tell us there. But my thing is always like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna cocoa with someone, or you want to help someone that you shouldn't expect nothing in return. Yeah. Cause to me, that's aloha. Yeah? When you help and you, and you don't ask, you don't ask questions, you just help. And it makes me kind of emotional cause just cause I've seen the people over there yeah? they, and they do, they, they need help. And it's, and it's hard for just get other people to understand that. And it's like, you don't understand the feeling, like you can feel sadness. And that kind of just makes me even just thinking about it, trying to talk about it is hard. And that's what kind of makes me want to go back like every, as much as I can. Cause, cause I know I want to give the, the people I met there, they don't have, they don't have anything to look forward to right now. They don't know what tomorrow is. So also it's important, like if you meet people that were involved in that and cause there's a lot of people at the hubs that their therapy is, is doing, staying busy every day. Like at a hub. Yeah. One of the guys I was with every day, like him, uncle John, he lost his, his place. They lost, they lost everything, but they're there every single day. And I was only there three days and it was rough for me, even for me to think these people have been there since October 8th, they've been there and, and then who knows how long this thing could go on for years like this. Yeah. And, and, and look, the, the state or the representative don't even have a plan for them for like a month. They have a plan for like to October and then, then nobody knows what's going to happen after that. So yeah, I would just say like your intentions, like what is your intention when you're going, if, if you don't have the proper intentions, then don't go. Yeah. And if you do go, maybe you got to wait until you do have the proper intentions and then go. And if you do go, go with Aloha and leave your negative energy back at home. Cause there's already plenty, um, negative energy there that people trying to release every day. Yeah. yeah. Would you also say that, sorry, would you also say that if you are going to go and volunteer your time to spend, to work with the hubs, to help in some kind of way, to, to touch base on what Kanoi had said in the podcast we did with her, to make sure it's not about you, like let them share their stories. You can let them know that I have shared experience, but don't take over the conversation. Really just let them release mm -hmm. and allow them to actually know that they're heard. Would you say oh, that that's Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like, like they say, you just close your mouth and you listen. Um, that's pretty much what I did the entire time I was there. I was working and just listening. There's no need for you to speak or to compare anything because most people have, have nothing uh, in comparison to what's going on over there. Yeah. And when you try to compare or like maybe bring up a similar story, it, it doesn't help. So just listen, let them speak. That's part of them releasing some of that neg negative energy, I think. Yeah. And they actually do. I had asked one of the guys that I was with over there who he's at the hub every day. And I had asked him just today, just to, just to find out, I shot him a text. Yeah, cause I, and that's another thing is to like, keep in touch with these people. Yeah. If you meet people, cause like I said, they don't have a lot to look forward to, but they love when people come and help like genuine people want to help. And then 
they're kind of sad when you leave. So if you give them, like, if you're someone that can come back every so often, like I, I told them I was coming back in October and I'll see them again now. And then I've been keeping in touch with them, shooting them texts every now and then, at least once a week. Usually when I'm at the halal, I'll shoot them my texts and say, I'm thinking about them, how they doing mentally. And just, they give me an update and say, like, they're looking forward to seeing me in October. So just giving them like just small kind of things to look forward to. But yeah, I kind of forgot what, what they, what, what was, can you point me back to what we were talking about? Just before that. We were just yeah, talking about. I go you. all over the place, sorry. <laughs> hey, that's how this works. So no, it was, it was just about when you go there, you're listening. You're not trying to compare stories. You can oh, yeah. talk with like, hey, I've been through something similar, but I don't have the full capacity. Like being very transparent and really have that integrity of yeah. I'm not here to showcase I'm helping you. I'm here so you know that you have someone that yeah. cares. Yeah. And, and that's and that's what they, yeah, that's exactly what they need. They need to know that people are not forgetting about them because as, as time goes on, some of these people might feel like they're being forgotten now. So to have people coming in and listening to them and then encouraging others to come in too is, is going to be a big help for them. And then also like, you got to think about like, if you come down there, like try not to take up resources while you're there. Cause there's not a lot. Yeah. One, the stores, the stores over there, there's only a few. Yeah. On that side. So if you're going to, if you're going to come stay, come down there, they own ante or, or something like me. I just didn't stay in my car. Like I, <laughs> I got off the airplane. Like I could have stayed with my auntie in Kahului, but I didn't want to drive back and forth there. Yeah? Cause like you working, like, like you helping all day. So by the time nighttime comes, you like, are you ready for go sleep already? So I just literally got off the plane. I was in central Maui, Kahului area. And then I got supplies there. So I didn't take away from supplies on the West side, renting my car. I just literally just slept in the car, like almost Futani in the back. And that's fine for me. Cause. I don't know, from like, yeah, like if you're from, you from countryside over there, uh, <laughs> you can get away with anything or get by with anything. So yeah. And, and there's people, I'm, I'm sure there's people that wasn't lucky enough to even get help in a hotel room or, or, or a place that that's doing the same thing. So you kind of say that there's not other people around there doing the same thing that were displaced. Cause I'm sure there's people living out of their car. I've heard there's plenty of people, but yeah, just don't, don't take away from the resources there as much as you can. Uh, if you can limit your, where you buy your supplies and then also like there's not a lot of all the display people are there so if you're trying to find a place to stay maybe you should think about where you're staying or get that situated so you're not taken away from the people over there thank you aaron that's that was a big huge testimony and seriously thank you thank you thank you so much for sharing that because not a lot of people know what's really happening. And like you said, the news isn't keeping up with what's actually happening. They're only showing what they're told to show, basically. Oh. So, yeah. And just to add on to it, Moana did mention about if you can bring your own resources instead of taking from what's there, because it is limited. And especially if you're not from there, I know that we have another, another Tita within the Kwakamana community, like I said, she lives right outside of Lahaina area. And she even lets it be known. She's like, I'm even considered an outsider and I'm on the same island. And so there's a lot of intention, like you mentioned, Aaron, that has to go into everything that anyone that wasn't in their experience, like Paul, he said, if we weren't living it with them, it's so hard to speak for them, but we want to make sure that they are heard and that they know we're going to keep going for them, with them, and yeah. behind them to stand, to encourage. And if we have to lay our backs down and let them have something to stand on, then we'll do that with them too. So what you, what you did was, was so appreciated, I'm sure. I was going to say one more thing is uh, if you go down there, don't, don't assume that you're, that you're going to get fed and, and all this stuff. Just, just kind of go down there with the mindset that you, taking care of yourself and you're not expecting anything from there. Cause when I went there, like I literally had, I had already like bought food for the entire time I was going to stay before I even went down there. And they, 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 at least at the Honoko I hub, 
they did have lunch, they did have dinner, they did offer it to me, but because I had already had stuff, like I, I, I never took anything from them as far as water or um, food. So just know, know where you're going and, and don't assume that or expect that you're supposed to be, get this or that if you go to help. Like you shouldn't expect anything you return. And that's, that's how I went down there. And that's how I recommend um, everybody that's an outsider, not from Maui, come down there with that kind of mindset. Yeah, that's, I think that's important and something that would be easy for people to not like be mindful of. It's like every little thing in, in this particular situation, like everything, every little bit is needed for those who are there. So yeah, ma mahalo, Aaron. That is so beautiful. I mean, not beautiful what's going on, obviously, but just like the, the, the intention that you went in with. And like the impact that you were able to have, I think that is wonderful, particularly about like not make like not flipping it and making the conversation about you and just really listening. Because like even myself, I could see like where I'd be like trying to relate to someone like having been through like, for example, Hurricane Niki, which was like devastating on my island, which it was. But like this one, it's just totally different. It's like the scale of this is crazy. Like, if you look at the pictures, it's like a war zone. The kids, the keiki, and talking about the families, like, so many people in a house. I remember seeing one story where they had, like, 25 people. And, like, every time I talk to our people over here, like, they don't even understand multi-family, even, like, I don't know, six, seven. They're like, what? I'm, what is that? Like, I'm like, no, we have multiple, gen like, literally multiple generations, like, four generations, five generations, and a lot of the homes in Lahaina are homes that like go back to kingdom times right so this is like really really multi-generational so um it's just like we talk about grief but this is like multi-generational grief like it's not even just the the what's happening right now it's just like wow this is your identity like your being for your entire family and like Hawaii was saying, like, you can get the material stuff back, but that, that, that connection, the pilina, the back to the pico, that part is like, oof. Especially if you understand, like, the historical, the historical context of Lahaina being the seat of the first Hawaii, the Hawaiian kingdom at the start. That, that's the other big thing. And I don't think it's, it's lost on those who are looking at this. People have bad intentions. And there are probably people that celebrate this. Like, oh, this is great. Like, I'm just like, just super pilau, super heva. Like, I, I don't, those people need to just go away. But yeah, I do want to balance it though. And just like mahalo, like the heroes that are helping the first responders, all of the nonprofits. I mean, I know like they have got to be tired. Like some ones like Maui Medics, Maui Rapid Response, like some of these people have been going like since day one and all of the resources has come from the community. It's definitely not coming from FEMA. It's not coming from Red Cross. Are they there? Yes. But from everything that I've been watching on social media, like those places are the most disorganized mess. Nobody knows what the heck is going on. And it doesn't surprise me because if you don't come from the community, you don't understand how we operate and just the natural way in which we flow together. So I do want to, first of all, mahalo kanoe for like bringing all of us together as our leader of Wakamana. Um, and then I, I wanted to get you guys sent to like who, who is like your kind of hero that you've seen, whether like through relationships that you already have or through like the things that you've seen on news or social media. For me personally, I, I kind of found her a little bit later, like weeks into the thing, but I really love following Kanani Adolfo. She has been helping that community, I think in Kilauea Malka area, and she's been bringing food and supplies into this particular community that was essentially forgotten. Lots of kupuna, lots of elders in the community, and they were, they are located like right at the end of the burn zone. 
And so they've been there the entire time. And she's just been really like malamaing them and putting the kahea out. And her and her ohana is so, so beautiful. Like seeing the kiki and just seeing like what they're learning as well throughout all of this, how to be better leaders and, and continue to support our people too. So I just wanted to give her a shout out. And yeah, so if we could go around and just give some mahalo to the, the community leaders that we see, the people who are, who are helping and really acknowledging all of the time and energy that they're sharing so selflessly. Pawahi. Yeah, so mine is personal. And see, this is where I'm going to get choked up. But I just wanted to go back real quick to Aaron and like the grief, right? And I think people don't hear, they don't see the tears. They don't hear our tears. They don't see the tears. And when Aaron was choking up, it was making me teary-eyed, right? Because it's one thing to hear us cry, right, as Waihine. But when they're caught, they cry. That's deep. So mahalo to Erin for just being transparent and, you know, putting your emotions out there and just having so much in what you were saying and sharing that with us. And yeah, so mahalo for that. But so for me, mine is personal. Noilani Ahia. Many probably know her as the Alakai for the Maui medics, who is, she's also a Mauna medic. And yeah, just all of the work. That is being done for the kehas that come out, for the Maui medics, for Lomi massages, mental health practitioners, nurses, first responders, like whatever the Maui medics need comes out through there. And I know Noi has been super, super busy doing different like podcasts and stuff like that or wherever she's needed. I think globally, not just for Turtle Island. So yeah, that is one of my main heroes. And then there's a younger Kanaka who is from the area. And I can't remember his name, but was one of the first reels that I saw. I think, Moana, you might have been saying, talking about the same guy, real handsome with the curl, the wavy hair. I want to say his name is like Kaele or something like that. But yeah, definitely him he's always on his, on the reels just kind of giving everybody an update so yeah i want to like lift that kanaka up for us while we're thinking about all of those heroes and many of the unnamed heroes right those of us who only see the ones that like we see as heroes that are on the reels or speaking out um, there's so many that are just not even named because maybe they don't want to be in the limelight maybe they don't want to be on social media maybe they don't want to take Face up for somebody else who actually wants the space. So yeah, all of those, all of those people and all the people of Maui just standing together. So I'm just gonna snowball right off of Pa'ahi because really when it comes to who are the heroes, the heroes are the people that showed up without being told. The heroes are the ones that didn't care to videotape their contributions. They're the ones that literally drove their boats and got in the water, fully clothed, not care in the world, and started loading things onto the island and figured out a way to get things there. People that instantly, it's the day it was still going on before Lahaina could even process, like, this is real life. People were already setting up boom, boom, boom on other islands. And they're just like, we're getting this shipped. We're going to get it taken care of. Those are heroes to me, whether it be even my own ohana that did a drive on Oahu or any one of our ohanas or anyone that we knew, neighbors, whoever, it doesn't matter. We're all one. And just seeing the community come together. And just as Paula, he said, when, when our kane are showing their emotions like that, that 
truly and deeply, it just, it, I feel like it just makes us that much stronger. And it really goes to show that it's, it's in our Kanakamali. Like, it's just us. That's how our culture is. And being able to showcase that, being able to do it so fluidly and authentically, it's not, nobody was faking it. Nobody who actually goes there with the heart like Aaron did. It's not for show. It's not to promote. It's not to do anything outside of that. I do follow his panhandle on Instagram is son of Oahu. And then I do follow the BKR vlogs. Those two, they are very stern on how they feel. They're very up to date. They stay very much in contact. Both of them have been on the ground as well. And they're trying to utilize their platforms to allow the voice for those who don't want to come on there. There's a lot of people who I know that the local, I think it was the meteorologist, didn't she live just right, right above Lahaina Town, Malika, Dooley, I think, Dudley. I can't remember her last name. Oh my gosh, it's so embarrassing. But I know that she was one of the ones that was able to evacuate and then her house was covered in ash, but they were okay to return home. And I just remember watching her videos and whatnot because I think they all ended up sick and she had just had a baby. And I know that I've seen other reels where this woman was vouching like, this is my granddaughter. And she was born literally less than a week before the Lahaina virus. And she's lived in like all these different places. Have you ever lived in that many places in two months of your lifetime when it's just those are my heroes. I feel like every single one of them who are grabbing one another, holding one another, and being strong. Aaron, not just you, because yes, you are a hero to me, not just for the work you do, but for the work you have done. And even the the souls that you worked with in those hugs, those are heroes to me because those are the ones that nobody really, really talks about until somebody else talks about them. Because in our Kanaka way, not a lot of what we do is to be showy. It's not to be glamorous. It's we do it out of heart. That's the aloha. It's our heart, our souls. And so, yeah, I can go on and on, but all, just all of them are my heroes. Yeah, I'm going to say the, the community leaders that are down there. One, I'm going to say John Kinemaka. And then the other brother I was with while I was there was Kamanao Eo Gomez, I think his name is, or Gomes. Those are my two guys that I would say I look up to as far as they're in in the community. They're making things happen every single day. You probably don't ever see them on very many reels or whatever on social media, but they're regardless of that, they're they're there every day. Uncle John, I remember He's constantly doing stuff when, when people was coming through, they're like, oh, uncle, I seen your post. So we came through and then they would basically talk about whatever problems they had going on and he would try and find them solutions. He was calling people. A lot of them was, was with housing. So, um, a lot of them like, like, Hey, uncle, I don't know where I'm going to be like on Tuesday. And he go make a call uh, for somebody. He he's telling people, um, you know, if you have no place to go, don't leave your hotel rooms, make it hard for them. If they're going to force you out of there, make them force you out of there. But in the meantime, they're all, they're also coming up with plans as Kanaka, like all these leaders, all these po'o of these hubs have been getting together free, especially recently, because a lot of people don't know what's going to go on in the next few days, trying to plan for like, they're not waiting on the state. They're trying to just do, do everything on their own. And I know like one plan was to, they'd already started build, building stuff in, in the Pili. They have construction guys out there building smaller homes as much as they can, as fast as they can, and to put on crown lands for, for these families to go, if that's like their only option. You know? So guys like that, that are doing these things and trying to come up with solutions every single day for our own people is the kind of people that, that I would say I'm, I look up to that, that really don't get the big credit or, or, or is not on the, the social media every day or post going out. Like you might not see them as often, but they're, they're in the thick of it and they're doing stuff every single day for people in the community and trying to hook people up with, with 
things to do, like even volunteers like myself. Like when I came in, I asked him, he had told, told me about the Lahaina Luna football team. I, I didn't even know they, they was playing this year. And he's like, oh yeah, they playing. He's like, you want to go to their practice? And he called the coach right there. And he's like, he was like, yeah, you can go down um, tomorrow, take you down there. Took me down to Kie. I got to awesome chance to talk to the boys and tell them how proud I was that they was, that they still wanted to play. Yeah. And, and how much of a, like how that motivated me. Yeah. Cause that was an inspiration to me that they were, they, they went through all this stuff and, and they still want to play football. They still want to represent their community. And I told them how awesome that is going to be for their community to see and to have, that's a big thing to look up, up to. I'm from Kogu, like our community is huge on football. And if something like that ever happened, like that would be a huge thing to look up to. So for them to, to give that back to the communities, I thought was, was awesome. And then on top of that, that was my mom. That's my, that's my mom right here. So I think that's kind of where I get a little bit soft heart from my mom now, cause she's, she was, she was that person that always gave to the community, the community. Yeah. She, she loved making, making flowers and she had her own, she actually opened her shop when I was a kid. It was just in our front yard and she would make arrangements for people and do stuff for the community as far as like making arrangements for birthday parties and stuff. And she was always so giving. She always wanted to give back to people and she wouldn't, she would never make any money because she would always either sell it at cost or, or like, or, or just give stuff to people. And I was always, I was always be like, mom, I was like, mommy, you're not going to make no money if you just keep giving away stuff for free. Yeah. But that's how she was. And, and. She's oh, obviously she's, she's one of my, my, my heroes and, and that's, I know she would want me to do this kind of stuff. So that's why I've been, that's why I am the kind of person I am and, and that I'm into doing this kind of stuff. Like I, I usually, if I see people need help, I just show up. Like people don't even know me like I'm big Island. I showed up to a couple of things that people put Kaya's out to and nobody really knows me on big Island now. And I show up for these things and they're like, who's this guy? And then how is it feel? Oh, just Aaron from like, yeah. So that's how they know me as like, oh, who's that guy? Oh, it's Aaron from like, yeah. And uh, yeah, so that day I talked to the boys, I even told them, I said, I know my, I know my mom would want me to be here doing this with you guys. Cause that was her birthday that day I was there. So I just knew that that was like, I was meant, I was supposed to be there that day I was meant to be there doing that. So just wanted to share that. Mahalo, brother. Your, your mom raised a wonderful son. I can definitely relate to that. My mom and dad were very, very giving to, I mean, again, it's part of being Kanaka. It's just taking care of the, the entire communities. It's very kako, all of us, not just the individualistic perspective because we cannot survive by ourselves as much as we want to think about it, that our society would have us, Western society would have us think that we cannot. So mahalo to everybody who continues to perpetuate that aspect of, of, of our culture because it is important. And as we've seen throughout all of these, the fires and even way before the fires, it's always our community that shows up first. We ask questions, we just go and we do because that that's who we are. So. Mahalo again for being open and sharing your mommy's story. Oh, it's, it's so hard when we, when we lose them, but they're still here living through us and our legacy and the things that we continue to do today. Okay. So we definitely got to close up because we <laughs> got to go to the next episode. But before we do that though, Jazzy, can you talk about like, so as we've been mentioning throughout this episode and at the beginning, like our Kwakamane, which is the nonprofit that we're working with is still in need of items and things to support our efforts 
for these families, again, because like the drive of this particular organization is anticipating these needs, right? Like the mental health needs, the things that people don't really think about, <clears throat> the crisis constantly, the, the trauma, like helping people get through the shock and the anxiety, providing for the physical needs, but also the mental things to help people hopefully keep them away from the dark side so that they don't fall into the realities of the suicides that do happen. So Jazzy, can you talk about like what the, the fundings that are being donated, what you're um, helping us to do for these families? Yes. So with being able to be with Hoakamana, and even though my part in a lot of this is creative director, I do want to touch base on how people can help. If you are able to physically get there, as Aaron had mentioned before, that's the best blueprint that anybody can follow. Go with your own resources. Go with complete intention of actually being there to Kokua, not just not for yourself, but for the community and to truly invest in being there to help the other Kanaka that is with you. But if you are unable to physically be there as even just myself, it's really difficult because of just where I am and just my ohana life. There is a way to donate through the Hoakamana organization. Like Moana had mentioned before, this is a legit Native Hawaiian nonprofit. All of us do all of our work, including our fearless leader, Kanoi. With, we don't do it with pay. We do it with aloha. And monetary donations is always the, the best and the quickest way to be able to donate to those that are in need. Only because if we try to donate any more physical items, we have learned through our process over the last two months that donating physical items, it takes a lot longer. There's a lot more stipulations that goes on. We have to make sure we have a shipping point. We have a receiving point. We have to make sure that all of the dots are connecting. So monetary is, although we understand the economy, the monetary is the easiest way to get it and the fastest way to get it to help the people that are in need. These monetary contributions will go towards the things that are necessary as of right now, which these things change sometimes weekly, daily, hourly. It really just depends on what the needs are. Currently, the needs are suitcases with wheels. So people have something to put what they do have in containers, clothes racks, shelves, Lela Aloha, which is Hawaiian clothing, portable AC units, the air filters, purifiers, hydro flasks. So that way we can keep the opala, the trash down at a minimum, disposable water bottles. They can get to the point where they are being more of a nuisance of trash, but of course it's necessary. So we're, everyone's doing what they can. Hydro flask can give somebody something more personal at the same time, something that they can keep reusing to refill. Um, feminine products, those type of things don't just stop. It also goes towards lava lavas, board games, gas for generators. And yes, we even do have gift cards because these families do deserve to try to go do something outside of their reality, whether it's watch a movie. If we have Walmart, Amazon, Target, and for the movie theaters there, and those are really just so that the families can be able to get what they need and at the same time be able to get something that can also help their mental health and their spiritual health. Hoakamana is there on the ground. They are definitely our, our ohana. I call it our Hoakamana ohana. They are on the ground. They are doing everything they can physically, the puolos and all of the things. And just sometimes people need to be able to ground themselves to be able to Remember that going to the beach is supposed to be something that is relaxing and where you can breathe. You can let the ocean take away what, what you can't carry anymore. And it's just donating in any kind of way that you can. And if monetary is not something that you can, like Moana said, share. Share the information. Share how you can donate. You never know who you're going to reach. Mention it to your boss. Mention it to a coworker. Post it on your social media. You just never know what hearts can be touched just by sharing. So mahalo to everybody that has and is and will continue to put in their time, their effort, and their energy and keep showing Maui that we will malama them always. 
Absolutely, mahalo. So yes, if you look below in the banner, huacamana.org is the website where you can make a monetary donation. And as we said, please share. If you would like to see some of the impact of the donations, you can go follow at Huacamana on Instagram and in the pockets of very limited time <laughs> that, our, that our volunteers have. We are trying to share some of the efforts just so people can see that this is an organization of integrity and that we are delivering on the words and the kahea that we are putting out to everyone. So mahalo to everybody for their generosity, for continuing to be a part of this conversation and just for our Maui Ohana community, like so much aloha to all of you guys. I know I speak for everybody on this this stream that we wish we could be there with you more often, more closely, but we will, like, we are doing as much as we can. I was actually supposed to be there next week, but with all of the government potential shutdown that never actually happened, so they ended up canceling the trip, but I'm hoping to get back there in late November, early December, so I can at least try to help for my part too, because I do have Ohana and friends as well. So checking in on them will be great and obviously giving my time where I can to the rest of the community. Okay, everybody. Well, it's been a great conversation. Mahalo. I'm sure we're going to do um, more updates because as we mentioned, it's going to be, this is a year's, year's, year's effort and we just want to continue to show our presence and our support. So mahalo to all of our guests. I love you guys. For those watching, mahalo for joining us. Please share this video, like, follow us on um, YouTube, Twitch, uh, Facebook, and Instagram at, at um, Moana Nui Podcast. And you can join us. Check out our other shows. We have another one coming up at 8.30 for the Native Hawaiian Pacific Islander Alliance, uh, learning what that organization is doing here on the continent. So mahalo nui, everybody. Take care. Um, and we'll see you soon.